I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. Scoopy Radio. Mr. Miller. What's going on? Making a dollar out of 15 cents. What's going yeah. on with you? I'm, I'm, I'm massing up right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm the shirt goes with the mask. I'm massing up right now. The Mayotte mask. What does the mask say? Mayotte. M-O-N-E-Y-A-T-T-I. Mayotte. You know? Which makes sense. Yes. Uh, because, first of all, uh, when I was doing my research on you, I was looking at Scoopy Radio. Um, an interview that you did uh, with Yahoo Finance um, yes. some years ago. And you said um, that Magnati uh, was the Bugatti of shoes. Yes. And you went on to say, no one is looking to sign the six man, but sometimes they become stars. Look at James Harden. Yeah, he said he went from being a six man on the Thunder to being an MVP on the Rockets. Imagine getting a star like that before they blow up. Yes, bro, that was like insightful as hell. So, but that's what I'm saying. You, you I tell people, uh, product outweighs talent. And when you get in the business, look at what Nike was able to do. Why we can't do it? I mean, Nike was built on joy. So imagine we find one of them diamonds in the rough. This brand I have. It's called Miyadi, and it's, it's, uh, it's motivating oneself, and I encourage you actively to think independently. My thing is to have our people think outside the box. And for right now, once I get that person on the court, I'm about to light it up because I want them to be seen. You're going to know Miyadi, just the Bugatti's shoes, and you're going to see us on the court. For sure, for sure. And I think that's significant because... Um, one of the things that I've always respected uh, about you uh, was the independent grind. Yes. Um, first and foremost, before we get started, No Limit Chronicles is weekly. Every Wednesday, be sure to tune in on BET at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You turned down a $1 million deal from Jimmy Iovine. Yeah. You went independent. You sold music out of the trunk of your car. Respectfully, a lot of times people talk about the music out of the car grind. 
I'm curious from your perspective, realistically, how different is the Southern support than anywhere else? Well, uh, the Southern support is, is just crazy. Like once they love you, they love you. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, nobody was doing what I was doing. I come from the Bay, I went to the Bay for a little while and learned the hustle game, then came back home. And uh, I mean, I just want to thank the fans, man, in the South and all over the world. But first, before we get started, I want to say thanks to everybody across the world for making No Limit Chronicles number one uh, on cable, number one BET show. I mean, with little or no promotion, most people say, P, I didn't even know to the last week that this was coming on a couple of days and uh, that, that just gonna show you how God worked. Like people was like, man, nobody's going to BET to look for this and like, okay. One thing about God, he'll make your enemies your footstool when you do right. Sure. And uh, people all across the world tune in to BET and it made this the number one show. So I salute to all my fans uh, for believing in our journey and uh, experiencing this moment again with us in history. So it's a blessing to be able to do something 25 years ago and to come back 25 years. This is even powerful. Two generations of fans, younger people, uh, people our age. Uh, it's just, it's incredible, man. It's the, the love. And uh, people said they love how we just kept it genuine and real. We didn't sugarcoat radio. It's a raw show, but it's, it's, it's a harsh reality that hopefully we save a lot of lives where people look at the good decisions I made, the bad decisions I made, and be able to learn from that and say, let me be the best person I could be uh, from watching other people's mistakes. I want to give people that blueprint. I want people to learn from our mistakes and say, you know, these younger people, that's our future. And the only way they're going to learn, they need to know the real. And that, that's what I wanted to give them. For sure. I was on, um, I was on uh, Facebook Live as well as uh, YouTube last night with your brother. I've known your brother, Silk, for years. Yes. And one of the questions that I asked him on the live, he, he, he tapped in was, did he have, while well, the game was on the Lakers and the, and, the, and the Clippers, I asked him if he had any aspirations of one day having a partial stake in the New Orleans Pelicans or the New Orleans Saints. I'm curious from your perspective, is that something you'd like to do at this point in your career? For me, I don't, if I'm not going to own it, I know we can't control it. And I, I, I made a song called You Need to Know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to get that information. I, I say this is the realest shit I ever wrote. Uh, this is the realest shit I ever spoke. Uh, this is the stuff they don't want you to know. But if you get money, this is the stuff you need to know. Uh, we need to know economics and banking. We need to know that they give us 1% of these teams, minority ownership. That's not enough because we have no control. So if we're not gonna own that and be the majority owner of it, I'm good. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd rather invest in a product, build brands like the Mayatis, uh, the Uncle P. Rice, the Noodles. You know, I would rather create uh, packaged food goods because if you look at like Auntie Mom and Uncle Ben, those products made billions of dollars, but nobody sure. like us own any of those products. So I feel like that's where I wanna be at. I want to be the first in that marketplace with people that look like us, uh, being able to control that and give other people uh, opportunities to create brands and get it distributed into, uh, into stores. Because I feel like that's the next uh, place that us building wealth, 
where we can build a generational wealth and we can help people in the ghetto, help people in our community to give back because we obtain some real financial, you know, wealth. Sure, sure. And I think when you when you bring that up, it takes me back to um, I took a feature writing class in, in grad school. Um, this was I graduated 2011 and, and I took this class in 20, 2009. And one of the things the professor said was. 10 years from now, it's going to be about trusted news sources, brands, and yeah. trusted brands. Um, I feel like you originated this shit before a lot of people even thought it up. Yeah. Um, whether it comes to everybody's a brand, everybody's going independent. I'm curious to know, could you start what you did 30 years ago in today's digital climate? What would be different? If, if I was a part of the, my movement was a part of this digital, I would be I would be a billionaire easily because of the work ethic. And I think that if we're gonna sit up and party and play, we're not gonna reach those goals. Sometimes everybody got 24 hours, what you do with yours. But the way I work uh, and what I know that we can attain and what we could help and give back with. For me, I don't work for money and I don't pray for money. I pray for wisdom. And uh, I feel like if this, this younger generation really know they work, like you said, when I turned that million dollars, now imagine if they go there, somebody understand the digital game, instead of getting all these gangsters around them, they get some nerds, some computer people, uh, some camera people, and just go 24 seven. Somebody's gonna crack that code. And that's all it takes. But this generation got the wrong people around. You know, when I found out you wasn't right, I cut you off. I don't care if you're friends, family members, whatever. You're not going to stop me from getting to my dreams and my goals. Especially sure. how I'm doing right. And I think that's where we have to be at. Not be afraid to change and grow up. But it's a lot to be done for this generation. But it's, it's all education. It's all wisdom. It's all knowledge. And you got to be willing to put the time, study your business, study your craft, stay in there and just make records after records after records after records and download this stuff to a system on your own. And once you do that and you build up a big fan base, the sky's the limit. Sure. Tell me something. When I look at 50 Cent last decade, I feel mm -hmm. like he created a lot of disruption. Disruption is the wave particularly right now because you have social media. Yeah. I feel like he looked at Ja Rule as a person he wanted to get on, their, on his level. Not a controversial question, but I'm curious to know from your perspective, who is somebody that you saw that you took something from what they did and you applied it to yourself as you progressed? Well, uh, I'm not afraid to celebrate the people that came before me. Sure. Uh, Jay Prince, Uncle Luke, Tony Drake of Swap House. Those guys came before me. So I took some of their stuff and applied it to my business, sadly, as a black man to be successful. Even Tupac, I mean, the structure that he had, like for his work ethic and uh, being able to make music for the streets, make music for the women. You know, I, I just, I like the person that Tupac did in his music. And that's what I feel like helped me too, to, to be able to balance. You know, I'm on the streets. Anybody could pick up a gun, right? But to think and to work something out with somebody and make music that makes you think at the same time, you know, it's street and hard 
and then you could go back and make a song that you love. You could keep the people that's not here going for music. I mean, that's that's I think that I was able to see came for me. I was around them. I've always take stuff from the people that I'm around. I tell my kids that in basketball. Anybody you play something from their game. You got to respect them, let them know, and, and show that love and appreciation back. But that's what game is. Take a little sure. and put it in your, you know, in your arsenal, and then be the best you you can be. But you also got to be able to celebrate and respect people that came before you. That's just, that's just sure. Sure. Tell me something. Did you watch that game last night, Lakers and Clippers? Yeah. What you think? Man, I I think I think uh, LeBron gonna be something terrible to deal with, man. And 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 uh, Anthony, Anthony Davis is gonna be man. It's, it's it's gonna be crazy. I'm just telling you. I just I, I'm gonna tell you what I love though. It's funny. I love the twins because one is on the Lakers and one is on the Clippers. So, yep. You know, I'm like the twins go so hard, you know. You you can't come out there. I mean, I was watching how the other twin was on LeBron. I'm like, twin them ain't gonna back down for nothing. And uh, I think one of them gonna win the championship this year. So uh, who you got though? You know what? I'm just saying. I, t I I like the twins. One of the twins gonna win the championship. That's sure. all I can tell you. One for look. The that's safe. I yeah. <laughs> Anthony Davis. New Orleans Pelican turned Laker. Yeah. You being a New Orleans native probably have spent a lot of time with Davis. Yeah. Is there anything about him in Los Angeles that has surprised you or reminded you of his days with the Pelicans? Man, he just he he a beast, to be honest, because he can go anywhere, he's gonna play hard. Uh I love his his family structure, him and his dad close. And uh, you know, anybody in the league, man. Educate yourself. I love that he has people around him that's educated, even though they come from the streets, they 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 with him. Cause you need your family with you. Uh LeBron around him. He got so many good people around him. And uh but I just love his own leadership. He know that he was a leader, even though he got leaders around him. So a lot of people didn't think that him and LeBron was gonna be able to work. But they you know to have two big superstars on one team. But man, they both know who they are. So they both know their roles and they both know their leaders. So I'm I'm really proud of, of him, you know, stepping up and being who he needs to be and not worrying about what people say or what people say on social media. Because social media is a, is a gift and a curse. You bring up a good point about father and son. You yeah. and your son, Romeo. We know what that is. Yeah. You look at um, the fact that you've always had your entrepreneurial background. You've instilled that thing. I've seen it with Damon Dash, with Boogie. Um, yeah. I see what LeVar Ball was doing with the sneakers. Yes. Um, and the big ball of brand. Yes. From your perspective, um, do you think you were ahead of time with the sneakers? And how could they have maybe tweaked it a little differently? Yeah, I think he definitely was ahead of his time, but I feel like uh, people are going to, you know, dislike you when you're different and you speak out. And he just have one of those type of personalities, but uh, I feel like now what he done with The Rock and uh, 
hooking up with Jay-Z and they, and they team. And uh, I think that he see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that him and his family is going to turn something around because they're very talented. So uh, I just think he's just an outspoken person. And so, and you know, when you, when you, when you come from nothing, you're excited. You want to show people what you could do. But I think now he got the right people around him. I think he didn't have the right people around him at first. So I'm definitely praying for them. And he got a talented family. He, I mean, he motivated me. To, to do what I'm doing with my boys. I got two boys, one in the eight, one in the 11. Uh, and I'm like, we started our own shoe brand. That's where the Mayati comes from. We like, it was a fashion brand. I'm like, no, this go take over this basketball right now while you guys are still in high school. So the rest of the world can grow up with you. So, but we still in that technology part. What I learned from, from the Ball family is, don't just put any shoe out. You know, I've been, so my kids are not even playing in our shoes yet for his basketball. They wear them every day uh, to walk around them. But the technology hasn't been done yet. We're still working on it for that basketball shoe to make sure that this shoes feel good on your feet and you able to play and you, you, you able to do what you need to do on the court. Because, you know, you got to have the right shoes on to, to play basketball. Are you not going to want to play? Are your feet are going to be hurting uh, or whatever? Mr. Miller, tell me something. So, you know, there's a whole generation that does not realize that you played for the Hornets yes. and you played for the Raptors, right? Yes. Okay, so I grew up watching NBA Inside stuff. I was featured on it as a kid. And oftentimes you'd see video of like Amar Rashad in a Sixers uniform and you're like, wait, did Amar play in the NBA? You didn't realize that was part of the video package he was doing. Yes. Can you kind of relate a little bit to that? The fact that people see you in the Raptors uniform, they're like, wait, did he play with Kawhi? Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I know it's difficult for people to see because they don't really, they don't really understand. Like, man, this man sold 100 million records, but he played in the NBA. Yeah. It, it was a lot of hard work. Uh, I was a top high school player in basketball, also in college. So you'll see that in a documentary uh, mm-hmm. maybe next week you'll get a chance to see, you know, my basketball. And, and you know, basketball really plays life. So you got the second on the music side, but basketball got out of the yellow and was able to put me in a place to where uh, I could be who I, who I am. Without that, having a coach and, and understanding of life basketball taught me a lot of values too. So I know it might shock people to say, man, but they don't know that I really put the I, I, I had to go to, to the CBA. It wasn't easy. And to get into the NBA, so, you know, it's not an easy process. So, now, nah, I was blessed. And the, and the CBA, we're talking like the Yakima Sun Kings. Yeah. You, you talk, I had Phil Handy, Lakers assistant coach on the, on the, yeah, on so the podcast. Uh, Earl Barkins, me and Earl Barkins used to go at it in the CBA. We both come from the CBA. And Damon Jones. Morris, I mean, uh, it was a lot of big-time players, man, that you might have seen in the NBA that had to work to get there. So my first 10-day, people don't know, was with Steve Nash and the Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, you know, you couldn't wait to get called up to, to the NBA. So it, it, it was a war every night, man. So, you know, basketball was a part of my life. It saved my life, and it, uh, it, it changed my life.
So when you were on the on the Raptors and the Hornets, I know that was the, the lockout shortened season. So we're talking Toronto. This was Vince Carter's rookie year, wasn't it? Yeah, Vince Carter. I mean, Tracy McGrady, uh, Charles Oakley. And, uh, man, I mean, I had some incredible players on, on that team. So if you couldn't play basketball, you was going to get exposed. You wasn't even coming in the gym at that time. Tell me what practice with Vince Carter was like his rookie year. Man, I'm going to tell y'all something that I seen. I seen Vince Carter knock a quarter off the top of the backboard. And when I seen that, I'm like, this don't make no sense. Incredible. Incredible player. Great attitude. That's why, I mean, he stayed around so long. So the guy always put in work. I was fascinated um, with an interview that Snoop Dogg did recently where he said you basically saved his life. Number one, you took him house shopping. Number two, you gave him a $35,000 check uh, to, you know, sign with you guys when you saw him in the studio with Mystical. And lastly, you talked to him, his kids on the show, so I'll use abbreviations, but you talked to him out of putting out a record called F Death Row. Yeah. What did you see that he didn't see? Well, you know, at the time, uh, I come from the streets and I know how I would react to something like that. Like, you know, you have a mindset where, you know, you're dealing with people that has a certain mindset. And I knew if he put that record out, that was going to be, that was going to put those guys against him. He really didn't need that. I as a star, like he's not done yet. So I think what Suge didn't see, Suge thought he was over with, he was done, but I'm like, you don't have to fight hate with hate, fight hate with love. Like you be that man gave you opportunity, made some money with him, he was able to feed your family. And that's what I told him. I say, then you go move on and you go be bigger and better. One day you be the top dog. One day you able to make so much money to you know like I tell them all the time you know go to make your enemies your footstool when you do right I told you if you do right you're gonna be all right now you do wrong you're gonna have to deal with the consequences and that ain't what I'm like we ain't about making about nobody we ain't about talking about nobody you know y'all are two men it didn't work out you moved on and then I went to him and said you know what you want for Snoop he, he talked I gave it to him, and, I, and me and Snoop been having a great relationship ever since. You know, uh, that's my real homie. Like, I, I believe in him. I believe in his family, and I want to see him well. So I, I just like the fact that I had that conversation with him. He listened, because most people don't want to listen. So that's the first thing being successful. You have to not be afraid to listen, and you, you can't have yes men around. You know I wasn't a yes man. I'm just telling the truth. So somebody else might tell that yeah, man, go make that this funny, but that's that really wasn't funny. Like you dealing with a serious situation. So you recently, or years ago, you did you funded um, Snoop Dogg's first tour. I wanted, I, oh, excuse me, Fifty Cent's first tour. Yeah, that's when he put out Wayne when he did uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. I want to flip it and ask this question. We talked about disruption. Um, when you heard Fifty Cent's How to Rob the Industry. Did you laugh when your name was mentioned? Uh, yeah, I laughed at it because I knew it was just funny. That's how I, I thought. I never took it serious. Uh, I knew that this this a guy that's trying to come up, and you know that's that's what he do. 
but I've never been a person to do that. So that I've always thought stuff like that was funny. Yeah. Ghetto dope. I talked to Wayno yesterday. He was on my live yesterday. Yeah. He said that you were spitting so much facts, he couldn't get in all the questions. He said you were old school Baptist preacher. You had a sermon for days. Yeah. You had your, your, your three points in the conclusion. So he asked me to ask you this question. He said, ghetto dope. Um, he holds it up there with Reasonable Doubt, Prodigy's uh, uh, album, Nas's Illmatic. He told me to ask you, what was your thought process when you made that? And what was your mindset? Yeah, well, you know, my, my, my thought process was when I made Ghetto Dope is, you know, when you, you, you in the moment and you, you know, like you come from a world like that and you want to give your best product out to the world. And now I'm growing as, as a businessman. And I'm like, I want to give the world where I came from and what I've been through. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So that was one of those moments that I felt like, you know, for me, I don't write. So I don't know if people know that. It, it just pour out of me. Like I got to turn the mic on and it pour out of me and I put that into the music. And I just, I have to feel the music. So uh, dealing with Beast by the Pound, with KL, you know, they was pouring the music out and I was pouring out what was coming, you know, out of me. So. Now I appreciate everybody that believed in that project. And uh, I never wanted to be the best rapper in the world, but I, I've always considered myself the best hustler in the game. And uh, I come from the streets. Uh, I'm not afraid to tell people that I changed and I, I grew up and I believe in the man up above. And uh, if y'all follow me on my movement then, then follow me on this movement to, uh, to, to my journey to uh, financial literacy that I want to give that to the next generation because we all can make money, but they haven't taught us how to keep it or how to spend it. So I feel like that's the page we got to be on now to, to show these rappers and show these entrepreneurs that once we get hot, whether you're an athlete or entertainer, you got to invest in the product because product outweighs talent. And, and this is for real. 130 years ago, Aunt your Mama Pancakes was around. They made billions of dollars. It's still around right now. They're trying to take it off the shelf. And we thought that was from people that look like us. Mm -hmm. So we got to change our mindset now. Once you get hot, you got to figure out how to create your own product so that could outlast you. That's the game because we can't take this with us. But make generational wealth and pass it down from generation to generation like these other cultures do. They own products, they own brands. And you just don't have to own it with your money, you can control it. So think yeah. about it, you got the most shares in it, maybe you might not have the money to make it, but you go find a partner to help you make it. And then you can still have the control of the ownership with it. That's real. Yeah. You, um, to me, are official on everything, specifically when it comes to hip hop. And I think you're more qualified to answer this question. Number one, have you checked out verses? Yeah. What were your favorite versus battles so far? Snoop and DMX. Really? Yeah. It's just the reason why I'm gonna tell you, I seen the love in the room. Like they celebrated each other. That's what I love about that. 
They celebrated each other. Two different dogs from two different worlds, but every time a record came on, they like wasn't trying to outdo each other. They was just, they was into each other music. I mean, that's the love that I want to see in hip hop. That's the way to keep hip hop going. And they both uh, talked about how great each other was to them. And I think that's what we got to be at, giving each other our flowers while we're here. Not waiting until somebody gone to say how great they are. So that, that, was, that was the one for me. And uh, I didn't see that coming, but that was the one. Who would be a worthy opponent for you in versus? You know, I'm not, I told you, I'm, I just got a lot of hit records, but I'm not, I've never been into battling. I've never been into, you know, that type of competition. I, to be honest with you, because I got so much love for all my people, like that ain't something I ever done. Like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like if that's your thing, some people is serious entertainment. Uh, I sold 100 million records and I probably can't count all the hits I have, but it's so many other great rappers than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how I feel. You know, I, I feel. No, that's real. And it's, and it's interesting because, like, when I see the different verses, you see other, like, for example, if you see Snoop up rapping, you seeing DMX doing his ad libs. Yeah. To me, I guess my question to you is, when you're not listening to No Limit music, who in your genre do you play in your playlist? Oh, easily. Skullface, The Ghetto Boys, uh, Eric B. and Rakim, LL Cool J, uh, Jay-Z, Tupac, Biggie Smalls, Eminem, uh, Man, I, I uh, know it by nature. I could go on and on. We got so many greats that uh, have D, Queen Latifah. I'm just, man, uh, E-40. I could go on and on, Too Short. Uh, it's just so many, man, because, you know, for me, I don't think our era was about competition or competing because I put out a lot of records at one time because I realized that in our era, we just wanted good music. We don't care how many see. So when I own No Living Records, people will come to the store every week, what's new? So I figured out that me being a businessman, I'm like, okay, they gonna buy music every week. So I might as well put something out every week. That was my game plan. That's how I sold 100 million records. I was like, once I figured that out, I said, they coming to buy music in my store every week, whatever's new, it don't matter. Why can't I have something new every week? And that was the that was the game plan, knowing that if I sell them one CD or one cassette, that's only nineteen dollars or ten dollars. But if I sell them twelve in a in that period of time, look 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 at the numbers, look at the math. And so that's what I figured out. When you hot, you hot. It don't matter. Our people just want good music. Who are you listening to now? Um. Uh, it's different. Uh, I might listen to Drake. I might listen to Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, uh, Polo G, uh, Pee Wee The Long Way, uh, Lil Baby, The Baby. I mean, uh, Lil Wayne. Uh, man, it's uh, Future. Uh, 
I got this new young artist I'm listening to, OG3, NBA Young Boy. Scoop B Radio. Um, so, man, it's, it, it, it just varies with me. Like, I try to, I try to uh, listen to the youngsters right now because I want to see where they mind at. And uh, I want to be able to, you know, uh, I started listening to the baby. I'm going to tell you when I started listening to the, the, you know, the baby because a couple years ago, I ain't told nobody this, but a lot of big stars was telling me, man, I don't know about the baby, man. I don't really like that. And I'm like, man, this dude is dope. You know why he's dope? Because he's different. He's passionate about, you know, what he's doing. And, uh, and I just seen something in the street, but, you know, he don't mind crossing over. Same thing with Moneybag Yo. You know, that's one of my favorites. Let me tell you another one of my favorites, uh, Black Youngster. Yeah. I feel Black Youngster is a star. I might do a TV show with Black Youngster. I got to, I want to come, you know, like they got the red table. I think me, me and Black Youngster should do the, you know, the, the black table or something, the square table, whatever, because me and him, I feel the OG and the youngster like that, we'll be wild. We're going to talk about everything. Nothing but hood sure. general stories coming on this black table, you know. For sure. So I, I really like him, man. I like his attitude. I know he's street, but I, he got a funny side to him, too. That's about everything, you know. But you know, they know you're a serious guy. I don't mind dancing, laughing. You know, being around my family, but they know if I have to step up, I'm gonna step up. That's what works. Do. You don't have to be the toughest guy in the world. So I like that that you can still be yourself. I've never been a bully. I've stood up to a lot of bullies, and I I I never underestimated no man, whether he's smaller, gay, or whatever. Because where I come from, I didn't seen a gay man kill somebody. I didn't seen a small man take down a big man. So I don't underestimate people. So now I really like Black Youngster. I'm going to tell you, I like him, man. I, I know a lot of people sleeping on him, but I think that, that we need to put that light on him. So Black Youngster, you watching this, we need to put a show together. I want to get those stories. We need to sit down at the table and introduce everybody and keep it real. Two more questions. Yes. One, how come Cash Money and No Limit being from New Orleans, never found a way to collaborate, and is it still possible? Well, the thing about me, I don't do stuff for money. or don't do it, you know, because other people, you know, once I've always had love for cash money. I think at the time, a lot of stuff was going on, and you'll see it in my documentary, uh, because I didn't sugarcoat nothing. It's like, I want the real to be told, so when the Masterpiece Ice Cream Man movie come, you know, you'll see all these people, everybody that was a part of it, and I do talk about the cash money story, so next Wednesday, Tune in to BT. It's, it's the biggest channel in the game right now. Thank y'all for supporting us. But uh, I just, I had a lot going on, man. Like I said, I was from the streets. All my family was in the streets at the time. And uh, it just wouldn't have worked with, with, with us doing stuff because our people was at war. They was at all these different things. So, like, I didn't want to meet. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to mix that. And maybe they didn't want to mix I don't know what it was. It just never came down to that. To where right. like, oh, let's go to, you know, some of the artists did. That was cool. But I, I feel like they had their own land. We had our own land. And I think God made it work the way it's supposed to work out for both of us. Look how big they end up being. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? I've never judged nobody. 
uh, be jealous or envy of what nobody has, and I hope nobody do that to me. I don't look at my neighbor to see what they have or what they don't have. God has blessed me what I have. I'm thankful for that, and I appreciate it, and I, I love and I respect everybody, especially people from New Orleans that made it, because they know what it took for us to come up out of those projects at home. So, man, I'm happy for them, and I think that it went the way it was supposed to go. I mean, those guys was able to do some incredible things the same way we was able to do it. So, I mean, it's a blessing. It's a blessing for all of us to be alive right now. So it's, it's a blessing. That's real. This is like the last dance for hip-hop, if you yes. think about it. Yes. Yes. Last question. So I feel like this conversation that we're having is almost like Shark Tank. Yes. Um, in a lot of respects, because you're giving a lot of free game, you're, you're, you're sharing your story and more. Um, I recently uh, caught up with Mark Cuban and yeah. discussed what's next. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious from your perspective, from, a, from an entrepreneurial perspective, from a, from a rapper perspective, from a, 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 an NBA player perspective. Scoop B Radio. Uh, what is next? Because we're trying to find what's next in the digital space. What do you forecast is next? Well, I, I forecast for African-American entertainers, the next thing for us, and, and me, me and my partner, James Lindsay, uh, we realized that stock, African-American people are going to really understand how to build weight, build wealth in stock. But we have to learn that first. Technology and stock is going to be the way for us to create wealth in our sleep. And that's the next level of this technology and stock because we buy a lot of these products so if you're buying a lot of product you might as well invest in it because you know that this is good product if you're buying it so you know other people are, are buying it too so why not get a piece of that but you got to start small and build so i tell people no idea is a whack idea i feel like stock and i feel like uh technology is the next wave for us because they don't see us thinking that way. It's not that many of us in Silicon Valley understanding like we to make an app, we got to send it off to India. Why we are not creating that? So uh, these video games, our kids are playing a bunch of video games. I mean, it's costing us a lot of money. How come people of color or people in the entertainment world of sports people, why are we not controlling and owning that or coming together? And creating our own so i just feel like that's the next way for me is uh, understanding stock and technology and being a part of that that's how we make money in our sleep and my whole mission is to buy our blocks back you know instead of burning them down let's buy them back uh being prepared understanding uh equality and putting black judges into politics and people that we know and people that we can relate to that's the only way we're going to change this uh, inequality. So, yeah, I think the next level is stocks and technology. That's it, brother. You're off the hot seat. All right, my brother. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. This is Scoopy Radio saying you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Kaboom! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. 
no extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.